The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. Eleven days, ladies and gents. Eleven days until the rise of Skywalker. Man, it's uh, it wasn't the craziest of weeks in Star Wars, but it's offset by off uh, by this crazy eleven days that we've got left. How you guys doing, man? Uh, are you guys excited? Are you are you still in that zone where it's still a little bit too far away to get nuts about, or are you are you starting to feel it now? I feel like it's so close that I should be feeling more nuts, but I think uh, to a certain degree, there's like a certain amount of awe and shock, maybe a bit. Like, I just can't believe it's already here. Like, we're, we are on the cusp, man. I can't believe it's finally happening. Like, like it just, the time just flew by, man. Like, I don't know, we're in that Star Wars time paradox thing where it's in total full effect now. Like, I, I seriously remember just talking to you guys at like, after TLJ. It's like, see you next time, and here we are. Like, it doesn't. I mean, I'm I'm a patient guy, but I'm ready for uh, a movie now. Like, I know even we got solo in between, which is amazing. But I don't know. I'm uh, it's I'm Star Wars ready for this man, and I just the, the amount of trailers that have been out there lately, like nostalgia wise, like a lot of them have been pretty good to, for hitting in the feels. So, I mean, I just want to really soak this time in as best I can and not take it for granted that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So I just want to really relish it with all y'all. Yeah, I really think this is sort of the end of an era. It's been it feels like it's been many different eras in Star Wars, but this is truly the end of a a long running era in Star Wars. I I don't know if it'll ever be the same, but Carlos, how you doing, man? Uh, you know what? Like two years ago, I was so much more nervous, uh, before the start, uh, before the last Jedi. Um, I was, uh, actually censoring my, uh, podcasting, listening, and I, I, I didn't want to watch any of the spots. And now I'm, I'm not to say that I'm not excited because I'm super excited, but, uh, there's a part of me that's like, we're never going to get this again. So I'm okay with the wait. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, it's it. That's it. Well, I, I'm sort of, I waver between two, two viewpoints where one, I'm like, let's get this at it. Let's get this done with like the Skywalker era needs to end. Not only does, do we need to just, just to wrap this up, but I think star Wars as a brand, as a franchise and as a fandom, just, we need to move past this. So in one in one respect, I'm like, let's go, let's let's get this done with. On, on the other hand, but it's like, e- e- well, I, oh, I, sorry, I, no, I just want to say, like, I just, I want, I do want, like you said, I want to enjoy this final two week run, eleven days, and then we're gonna have this. Hopefully, we have this honeymoon period of you know two weeks or so once the movie comes out, where we just we're just hitting the theater and just coming back out to geek out about this movie and and have fun talking about the end of this saga. I think, I think something to add to that, though, also is, I mean, it's like we've been 
it's kind of like we have a bit of a parachute on our descent down to let us down from this. It's like a, we're a bit blinded kind of in a way due to all the additional content that we currently have in that Mandalorian, for example, and other things that they've doled out over the last little bit. But it's also what we have to look forward to. And we're still playing in that sandbox. Like we know we're looking forward more to some more season two of the Mandalorian. We have Cassian Andor to look forward to as well as the Obi-Wan series, which is all characters that we're familiar with in this OT saga. But so it's kind of, we're kind of probably in the back of our mind. It's, it's softening the blow a bit, the emotional blow that this is the end kind of. Yeah, I can. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, the Mando, like it's, it's been this amazing distraction that sort of it's tiding us over really, really well until this movie comes out. Like we're getting, what, two more episodes, really, in the next 11 days. You know, and that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's, you know, that that's a lot of Star Wars content to chew on before we get the main course. But yeah, I mean, it's enjoy these next two weeks. We're not I don't think we're going to see this again. I, I don't know. You know, whenever Star Wars hits the big screen again, I don't think it's going to be like it was uh, when when The Force Awakens came back or, or when Phantom Menace came around. I would love to be wrong, but I feel like uh, the Skywalkers are going to take a, a you know a lot of people away with them once they once they're gone. But, yeah, this is it's very reminiscent of of how I felt before uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, for me, that's uh, I was just kind of like in that mode, you know. Yeah, and um, but I mean, who knows? The next trilogy might come around, and maybe the hype won't be there to start. But when the end of the trilogy comes around, maybe you know it'll be a little bit more exciting. I don't know. We we don't know because we're not in that boat necessarily. But uh, I just find a lot of like similarities between how I felt with the Re- Revenge of the Sith and uh, and how I'm feeling right now with Episode Nine. Well, that's a, that's an interesting point though that you bring up, Kyle. Like Disney does have its hands mega full with. Uh, marketing maybe, but creating this story that's going to, you know, possibly create a franchise of, well, obviously a trilogy, first of all, and possibly six films, you know, to to build another saga story is no doubt going to be uh, a big feat for them. It's one that's going to, again, like if you get the announcement right off the bat that you're getting a trilogy of films, like, yes, a lot of Star Wars fans will most likely bail with the Skywalker saga, but a lot of them will stick around and you know, the, the average fan, too, numbers might go down, but pending, again, on the writing and how good the story is. And uh, it's it's possible that, you know, I, I'm going to be there with bells and whistles on and I'm going to be probably equally as excited for the next trilogy. You know what I mean? In a different way. And, oh, for sure. In a different way. In, in the way that you'll be invested because it's Star Wars, but there's they will be in, in a way they will be starting over. And that's the whole point is that they're going to shed all this baggage and, and move along. And introduce us to hopefully new characters in a new time and maybe in an, even in a new place. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think Star Wars needs that. But I, you know, I think also part of it is, uh, like we said, that we're getting all this extra content in the Mando and Cassian and Kenobi. It's also because when people like Kathleen Kennedy and, and recently Chris Terrio, when they've said, "Oh yeah, like we're already thinking about the next decade of stories featuring Ray and Kylo or not Kylo, but uh, Poe and Finn and Chris Terrio. Like recently, I think he's, he said something to the effect that, you know, episode three doesn't close all the doors. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? Don't say that. Stop saying that. You know, 
the marketing you're 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 contradicting what the message of the movie is of the end don't tell us that it's not the end if you're if the mothership is trying to tell us that it's the end and see that thing that's my slogan back in the day it's like the end one last time (laughs) it's a complete like oxymoron kind of or a contradiction i don't know and i you know if, if i'm gonna fault kathleen kennedy for anything it's that she was among the first to say we're already thinking of the next 10 years of stories featuring these characters and no no so it's only natural that as you go down the food chain at lucasfilm and the people that work for them they're gonna say things like that too and i just I, that to me is a huge mistake they should all be singing from the same songbook saying this is it this is the end. We we kind of left it all closed. We because we already know that if they want to open it up again, they will. Return of the Jedi. It's closed. We'll open it. Just just tell us. Just at least pretend as though you're closing it. But I, I don't want to get into that chat again. Uh, instead, let's uh, before we get into a little brief bit of news, uh, collecting update. Corey, anything for you this week? Yeah, yeah, a little, 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 some, some. Not too much. I figured you know what i just had the itch wanted to get something and you know it was the only one left and i haven't really seen it around but uh carlos you're gonna like this c3po baby with babu prick so yeah just that little i don't know quarter inch figure maybe (laughs) sold me on it amazing (laughs) (laughs) Uh, carlos how is your uh moratorium until christmas holding up it's still continuing. Um, I'm, I've actually, I've had a problem with the the Lego website. Is not uh, the, every time I try to add something to my cart, uh, to the bag, it's from my wish list. It's not moving over, and it's uh, it's pissing me off. I'm actually on the site now, and every time I try to put something in my cart to buy, it says sorry, an unexpected error occurred. Please try again later. Uh, I can't get to my VIP points. And um, I really want to get that Obi-Wan Kenobi 20th anniversary minifigure, and it's not allowing me to do so. And I I don't have the time to go in store. So it's it's um, first world problems. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to, you know, I, I wanted to keep off um, buying until probably next week. But uh, I think I'm going to have to jump on this week at, one, at some point, so. All right. Keep an eye out for that next week in the collecting update. Uh, nothing for me this week, but I, I was I was talking off air with Corey, and yes, I was downtown Montreal this weekend. I, I broke my rule and went east of a certain point. Uh, I was there all yeah. like all weekend, and it, we went into a toy shop. And, and Montreal has this like sprawling underground city shopping matrix. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's it's huge, but we went into a toy store. And I found Force Awakens figures on the pegs in, in this little indie toy store. It was crazy. I was like, like three and three quarter. Or? Yeah. I didn't buy any, but I was like, oh my God, time warp back to 2015. And there were, there were figures that I needed, but I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it because it's an indie toy shop. So they're not like, oh, it's $2 because it's a five-year-old figure. It's It was still like eleven ninety nine. dollars 99 Did they have any Rebels figures? No, no, just three different TFA figures, which I thought was remarkable, and and a a, a two pack of of um, figures from the Rogue One series. I was like, "What is what is this? Like, good luck selling those. You are never selling these, especially at that price. Good luck." Anyway, um, Yak Face 
recently reported that more from the retro collection is coming based around Empire Strikes Back, which includes uh, Escape from Hoth game, which is similar to the uh, Escape from the Death Star game with the A New Hope collection. So looks like that's going to continue into 2020, which makes sense with uh, Empire's 40th coming up. So that uh, that's going to continue. If you enjoyed that line with those fake weathered cards, there's more coming. I don't think I don't I didn't see any details of who, which figures, but uh, it is coming. So I I imagine a fair few fans out there will be looking forward to that. All right, so let's uh, step into the news here. Uh, there was a whole lot in terms of coverage from uh, Vanity Fair's Anthony Bresnikin, but uh, I didn't. I don't want to. We obviously we don't have time to ta- tackle all five stories. He had one for every day last week. I just want to talk about this piece about Finn from Monday, and it was. I love you, Brez. Yeah, we needed some Bresna bombs, and we got them. Uh, but this one was about Finn's story and exploring. Uh, character backstories overall in Rise of Skywalker. And of course, we're we're set to learn more about Finn's history. And Abrams was quoted in the piece saying, I would say that each of the characters get more light shed on their histories. I'm not saying we get full exhaustive downloads on all of their childhoods and every major step that got them to where they are. But there are a lot of questions about Finn's past, about Poe's past, obviously Rey and Kylo, and then some of the new characters we meet. And we we spoke about this a week ago, about the movie being uh, trimmed down, so to speak, to 141 minutes. How much time do you guys want to spend fleshing out backstories of all these people? You know, I, I, we definitely need answers about Rey and about how Palpatine survived. Like We need that info to... JJ's please... going to loophole it. Like, a lot of the things may be, lie in the same answer. Maybe that would be a pretty elegant way to do it if if you can make have it make sense right yeah why not like i kind of figure like for for poe we 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 have an idea of where he's coming from ray and kylo are obviously the most important ray's backstory in particular not so much kylo's maybe it's seduction whatever but uh i mean it can kind of be like a motivation for poe throughout the story if he it can kind of make things a little more relevant to him like you know like it can make his character like move his story along like possibly maybe he's from naomi aki's planet or something like that you're talking about finn i mean yeah you said poe oh well i mean i'm saying poe originally we don't know (laughs) we know enough about him that we don't need to get into it too much you know what i mean oh yeah i think i think poe is going to be Fairly flat in this movie, I think. We're, I think his his story is connected to Zori Bliss, so we'll get something there. But yeah, I think I think Poe reached his arc in in at the end of the, or throughout the Last Jedi. Well, I don't know. Put it this way, something like maybe I don't know. There was a war one time, and like the small resistance, like on Kef Burr, I believe it's called something like that, or Beer. Uh, Finn was stolen as a baby. You know what I mean? Something like that. And like, he's returning to his home planet. Like this is where you're originally from, but this, and this is where we need to go at the same time kind of deal. You know what I mean? We're going here and it just so happens to be <laughs> coincidentally, but I mean, it's, a, it's not going to be Lando, right? Come on. Lando. What do you mean? Like being like his father, like his heritage and all that. You know what I mean? Like Lando would be like, oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa now, son. 
I've been with a lot of beautiful creatures, men, women, different species, <laughs> slimies, crustaceous, furry, Droids. robots. Don't get me started on robots. <laughs> wow. The sun, the, the galaxy is a big and beautiful place. Did you did you ghostwrite for Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> I don't know. Just uh, I, it can't be Lando, right? Like so. Well, it it can be. Get, I kind of hope it's not, but it can be. It can be, but I mean, it would just be too fan servicey and coincidental, and yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's incredibly cheesy and forced. Like, there's no reason for that. Like the only other black guy in this has to be related to the other black guy. Like it's kind of exactly. It's, it's kind of it's stupid and it's insulting. But I could see him possibly being part of this. His heritage being part of this brave warrior tribe that Jan is from. It could be, but I, 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 over uh, the overall point, like if this movie was 180 minutes, I'd say sure. Let's let's dive into everybody's past, but it's not. It's 141 minutes, which I'm good with so far as we treat the story, the present day story, properly and get that wrapped up. Like I don't know that we, need... Carlos. How do you feel about spending this time? Which, again, I'm fine with. I think you you would wish it was a little longer. Do you want now to be spending time talking about people's histories or do you want – are you scared a little bit that you think they might spend too much time on that? Well, it depends. It depends how it's done. I mean they don't have to stop and 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 say, well, this is how this happened. Like if it's, if it's, in, the, if it's in the process of uh, getting from point A to point B, then I'm okay with it. But Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, we don't need – we don't need any more detours. Like uh, there's not enough time for detours. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. That's, that's kind of what I mean. I don't want us to take a five minute break while we outline somebody's, you know, the, their, their entire life. We, there's it's no gonna time be co- Coincidentally relevant <laughs> somehow. That's what I'm saying with like somehow the storylines merging, you know what I mean? Like we're going here because of reasons and just so happens that you're from here. I do like the idea that as a single reference can somehow tie together all these different characters or or at least hint at well when jj says uh, i'm not saying we get full exhaustive downloads on all their childhoods and every major step to me that's almost code like we're touching we're going to barely touch on some of these people like because i i think that it's the statement in itself about backstories because star wars fans love backstory and history you know like People can sometimes get crazy with that sort of thing. But I think what JJ is saying here is that we're just going to very, very lightly touch on it. Yeah, I agree there. And I hope that's the case because, you know, like I I, I, I would love an, a post Rise of Skywalker novel about Finn's past. You know, I, I would love to see it set sort of in the post Rise of Skywalker timeline where he's off on this adventure where he's trying to discover about like, discover what happened to his family and he's digging up answers about his past there's more value to me in that in a 300 page novel than five minutes of a, of a back dive in a movie that at two, two hours and 21 minutes is okay if it pushes if this is all about getting to the core of the story wait wait till you hear about the adventures of finn and po, uh finn and poe coming to disney plus Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. Did you see, man? They both shut down Disney Plus hard 
Oscar and John. Also, really? Yeah, during the press tour, especially Poe. They're like, I forget who was, I forget who was interviewing him, but they said uh, if, if Disney approached you with a Poe Dameron series on Disney Plus, would you do it? He's like, nope. It was just a flat no. That's because that's what he has to say. Well, no, he doesn't have to say. They could give the 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 textbook. Oh, yeah, you know, I have to sit back, sit down. Dude, and talk these people about probably have that. I bet you anything. It's in their agreements and their contracts. Any future projects regarding Star Wars, you say no. Just like uh, Ewan McGregor, you say no. Oh, man, I don't know. But then again, then why convincingly is Chris, too. Then why is a guy like Chris crazy? Terrio saying, "Okay, then we, you know, we've got uh, there's there's potential for more stories"? Or Kathleen Kennedy saying, "We're writing the story, their their future now." Like, only that, that's say- exactly what that could mean. It doesn't necessarily mean movies. Is how, how cool would a Finn and Poe television series be? It would be very cool. I think uh, he's saying no because. If you say yes, you're giving away all bargaining power. Like, oh uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll do it for sure. I do it. Yeah, it makes it sound. And like... they keep they keep it all secretive too. Like, if you were to be like, yeah, for sure. Like, people would be like, like people would jump all over them and be like, he's doing it. It's definitely happening. That is true. That is absolutely true. But look what we're doing. He said he gave a. <laughs> we're saying that anyway. <laughs> I'm saying it. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, I don't know. Um, if this, you know, they've been also saying like this war in episode nine, it's the war to end all wars. So what are you going to, if there's a Poe and, and, and Finn story set post episode nine, what is it? Like, what are you doing? Where are the stakes if you've already fought the war to end all wars? So I don't know, man. I, 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 I would never say no. Those guys have a great dynamic. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyway, we we kind of veered off course here a little bit, but uh, yeah, I just, I just hope we don't spend too much time with the backstories on people that we don't need backstories for. Let's focus on Ray, Kylo, and and uh, Palps here. Find out what how he how he held out for thirty something years, and if yeah, if we're gonna learn a bit about Finn, let's do that too. But let's not spend. An entire act, or even a like even a few scenes. That's too much. We got too much to do here in this movie. Uh, all right, so guys, we had some homework. We had some homework to do for this week. What? <sighs> yeah, we had homework. We were we sent the call out, and uh, we gave ourselves some work. Some Rise of Skywalker crawls. We did our Last Jedi crawls. Way back in episode 35 of the Tumbling Saber podcast, August. And I won hands down. Yeah, you know, you so didn't. Hands down. August 2016. You know, that that's way before, that's before we even knew what the title would be. And we took a shot at it then. And it turned out pretty damn well. Um, So, you know, this one, obviously we're waiting until almost the last minute to do it, but it, it was much more challenging this time. Um. So yeah, I thought it would be fun to do this now and see what we could come up with. Um, so Corey, I'll, since uh, since you think you're the bar setter, well, oh, I didn't say that. I, I don't want to go first. <laughs> Shotgun up first. Oh, I'll go first. I don't care. <laughs> Corey, you pulled the same stunt last time. I know. <laughs> Carlos, did you have a methodology to this, or did you just let it rip? 
I yeah, kind of speak about that first. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had a I I had a I had an idea of what the movie how the movie would start and that's usually what the crawl leads us to uh is to the start of the movie. So I had an idea of uh how to set up uh between the last Jedi and the rise of Skywalker and um I mean I could have beat around the bush for a week uh to, to to iron out every single word and uh and figure out you know what was what but uh I ended up uh with a crawl that was 97 words there you go uh and uh two three paragraphs uh one the second one is just one sentence and um yeah so I didn't really have uh, a methodology. It, pr- it probably reads more like a synopsis um, at some point, but uh, I mean, I can't pretend to know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so this is just a fun exercise and uh, yeah, I don't mind going first at all. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's do it, man. Yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll all talk about our methodologies and if we do any inspiration from anywhere else. So yeah, let, let's, let's have at it, man. All right, so no music, no? Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no music, music. I asked for music too last time. <laughs> okay, so the rise of Skywalker. Uh, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren has stretched the resources of the First Order to its breaking point. General Hux has aligned himself with an old Imperial officer to regain control. While sifting through the wreckage of an old Imperial base, Ray and Finn discover secrets to their past. Forces under General Poe Dameron have begun recruiting campaign to assemble an army to stand up to the First Order. Princess Leia sent on a secret mission to call on an old friend for help in what is to be the ultimate battle for freedom in the galaxy. Dot, 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 dot. I like it. That's pretty good, man. That is pretty damn good. I like that a lot. Thanks. It is, you know, one of the things that I learned about when we did this last time in 2016 is that like George Lucas, when he first did it, 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 was, it was garbage. So, it was probably garbage. And Brian De Palma had to come in to save it. Exactly. It was way <laughs> too long. It was, I can't remember how long it was, but it was just so long. And, and Brian De Palma was like, no, 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 dude, nobody's yeah, going to read this. Yeah. Cut this down. And so he did. And so all the crawls from episodes one through eight, I believe, are anywhere from, I think 75 is the shortest and 88 is the longest. I thought it was 95 the longest. Mm, I, I see I don't I'm not I don't count like episode 4 A New Hope. I I don't count those words. I'm just counting the three paragraphs. Yeah, my number set uh, my 97 is just the three paragraphs, not even the Rise of Skywalker. I have the notes somewhere. I I did word counts on all of them at some point. Um yeah, I think I think 88 was the high point. I got them all right here. You can sit there and count them. 88 for the force awakens i could have tra- i could have trained i trimmed it down a little like i there are some words like it got wordy at, at a certain point but i just i felt i feel like it, it read better that, well, that, i think that was part of the fun of it is is to start it out and draft out your whole idea and then say okay how can i shorten this oh yeah how can i be more economical with my words here and convey the same idea and that's that I was, was really the fun of it, but also the yeah, pressure I, because, like, if you were J.J. Abrams or whoever's in charge of reading this, 
Like imagine the pressure to get that part right. Yeah, I was I was at 136 words at my longest. That's like the assembly cut of a movie. Yep. <laughs> and you, you got to cut it in half. Uh, Corey, do you want to go next? Or you want you want me to go? It's up to you. All right, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I I did not do a deep uh, like a dive into the previous eight crawls. All I did was just look at TFA and The Last Jedi, and it, they both follow a similar pattern. And it doesn't the pattern doesn't really hold through all through all eight movies, but it did hold through episodes seven and eight. So like the first paragraph in both tells us what the first order is up to. Then the second talks about the resistance and the third points us to the opening scene. And so th- that's sort of the way I've, I set up uh, my crawl. So mine is episode nine, the rise of Skywalker darkness engulfs the galaxy as the ruthless first order has tightened its grip on countless star systems, but hope still lives undermanned and facing impossible odds. General Leia's broken general Leia Organa's broken resistance perseveres in the fight against tyranny. Unsure of her place in the galaxy, Rey continues to grow in the ways of the Jedi. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren yearns for more power and will stop at nothing until his dark will is done. So the dot, 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 dot. Nice. Yeah, so that's mine. I kind of have this idea that the movie's going to open with with Kylo. We've seen those that, you know, where he does that uh, lightsaber body slam type thing. Yeah. I like, for me like Kylo cuz I I I've always said like I feel like we need to see Kylo on a rampage in this movie. And I just thinking about the movie, I don't see any place for that other than at the beginning just to put the the fear of God into us about Kylo Ren just oh my god, this guy's nuts. He's he's full dark, he's a psychopath because at some point in the movie that's going to change. So if they're going to give us that that sense of dread about him, it's got to be at the start, and I think that might be where we go to start the movie. So yeah, that is that uh, that that there is my crawl, seventy-four words, real short. That would be the uh, the all timer in terms of <laughs> keeping it brief. In a movie that has so much to do, uh, I I really pared it down. That's good. Thanks, man. So 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 in your in your. Uh, episode nine, Leia is still General Organa and not Princess Leia anymore. Yeah, you know what? I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, because I I feel I feel like the baton was passed at the end of the Last Jedi. Like I don't think she'll be considered uh, the general anymore. The answer is out there, and I I know I've seen it, but I can't remember it now. So somewhere there, it must have been some media event for Rise of Skywalker, but they had like an, a a lineup of costumes and Leia's was there and I don't remember if it if it listed her as princess or general but that would be your answer as to what she would be in Rise of Skywalker hmm. but it did say and this is mildly spoilery um, but it's also fairly probably obvious and it's listed as part of official marketing materials but it did say on that card of um the description of Leia that she is training Ray in the ways of the oh, force. I love it. That is so. That is fantastic. I love that. And which, which kind of makes Bro, sense. I dropped that. I dropped that a long time ago. I'm so yeah, happy. A couple months ago, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. That is uh, that's cool to hear. I like that. That's happening. 
And uh, we saw Leia holding the Skywalker saber in one of the TV spots recently. So that all kind of lines up to me. I like that she's taken on that mantle from from her brother. We're kind of, we're, we're, we're pretty smart, huh? Yeah, we, we try. <laughs> shipping away week after week. Oh, uh, we'll get there. You know what they say, like Michelangelo said, there's, you know, it's a block of marble. The sculpture's in there. You just got to free it. All right, Corey, let's, uh, let's break down yours and then uh, let's talk about what, what you, we think the first scene is going to be in the movie. Fucking uh... <laughs> It should be ready. I don't understand what the problem is. Wow, man. Shit just froze. <laughs> All right, so uh, if uh, my, the way I wrote my last paragraph here, uh, with forces under General Poe Dameron, a recruiting campaign to assemble a, uh, an army to stand up to the First Order, Princess Leia is sent on a secret mission to call an old friend for help in what is to be the ultimate battle for freedom in the galaxy. I, I imagine, you know how Leia had the secret plans and she had to get them to Obi-Wan Kenobi? Well, this movie is going to start with her uh, trying to hook up with Lando. Uh, to to get him to join the the rebellion. Hmm. Cool. That's what I was gonna say. Who's this this person? Yeah, I didn't. Well, I was, yeah, I'm just uh, I, my my uh, my idea is Lando, um, and it would be. I think it would only be fitting if it was Leia and Chewie that went to recruit Lando. That like you think Leia herself is gonna go? I would think so. I think if if Poe's the the general, like he's not going to go on a, on a mission like that. Like she, I think she would, she would be taking care of that mission. You think they have the footage to do that? <sighs> I hope you're right. I <laughs> and, and also, Carlos, don't forget two droids and no questions asked. Sure. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I really really don't know. Um... That's a, that's actually a good point. I was thinking uh, I wasn't really thinking about that fudge. <laughs> well, that's all, all for right. charity. Yeah, exactly. But I like I got, it. I, I, I still like it. I like the idea. No, for, yeah, definitely. I like. I do like the idea, and I, I I like that you've put in sort of like how they've rebuilt their forces a little bit, and that's sort of capturing what Resistance Reborn did. But I think the audience does need to know a little bit um, about how they've been sort of. Part, part of what they've been doing in the interim between episodes eight and nine is rebuilding. I think it's important. Yeah, and like, you did touch on that for sure. And I, I, if there's a weak point to mine, it's that I barely, mine is like the lightest, vaguest hint towards that. In that when I, I say like the resistance perseveres in the fight against tyranny, like they're hanging on, but I didn't mention uh, anything about rebuilding their forces or reaching out to friends. Yeah, minus yeah, there's only a certain 20, amount of words, man. words longer than yours also. So I, I was, I threw in a little bit more, a little uh, more mustard on the hot dog, a little bit more, a little bit more. And, uh, in my 136 words that it was, there was more detail to that as well about how the resistance has been in hiding or the rebellion has been underground, uh, and, uh, more of the, the, the fight I actually named, uh, a legion general pride, and I'm like, that's ah, too much, too many words. Yeah. So I, I you have to, you have to cut that stuff down. You know, it's like real um, estate, baby. Even uh, <laughs> I, I put the words Jedi and Sith in there uh, in the second paragraph with Ray and Finn. Um, you know, like looking at um, 
I wrote, while sifting through the wreckage of an old Imperial base, Ray and Finn discover secrets to their past. Like, I, I was, I actually put the words like Jedi secrets and Sith secrets. Um, I, I mean, I, I almost threw the kitchen sink in there with Palpatine, you know? But like, uh, so, no, but I think shorter is better. And uh, Yeah, you know what? I didn't, so far, neither of us hinted at Palpatine at, at all. And I wonder if that's, I mean, they've already revealed him. It's like, I wonder if the the eventual opening crawl is going to hint at, um, you know, awakening an ancient evil or something like that. Yeah, that that was that was that was in my in my thing at first, and yep. I'm like, it's just too much. But the thing is that when I write old imperial base, I'm pretty much talking about the Death Star, like <laughs> sifting through the wreckage of an old imperial base, like without I'm I'm saying Death Star without saying Death Star, you know. I'm mentioning Lando without saying his name. Uh, I'm mentioning Pride by saying Old Imperial Officer. Like, you know, so it's like the vagueness kind of like it sets things up without giving them away too much, you know? Yeah. So, Corey, have you have you, have you unfrozen? Yeah. Okay. Oh, finally. Cool. Yeah, I've been good for a while. All right, cool. Well, first and foremost, I just want to say that, you know, like this Here whole process, man. No, no, no. <laughs> I did wait the, fun the last begins. minute. And dude, I asked this guy today, hey, how many words is your crawl? He's like, I haven't got to it yet. I'll uh, get to it around the... Yeah, but after, I, I finally got to it last birthday night. Party. Come on. Yeah, on the day of recording. <laughs> Anyhow, like... I, as long I, as I the homework down. gets done, it's done. Hey, either way, the most important thing is, is that this could possibly be the last one, man. And that was the thing to really, I took, I, I really enjoyed myself doing this last night. Like, I don't know, like I sat down, we were watching a movie, but like I was kind of more involved in this and there's a process to it, man. Like I copy pasted all eight crawls on a word document. Yeah, I was just kind of that. referencing them. Like, I, I don't know. I just want to take my time with it. You know what I mean? Have some fun with it. Like I didn't want to repeat words like tyranny and stuff like that. So like, I don't know, like, I, I know what Kyle was also saying, like, some movies begin with uh, either the Empire or the First Order or the Rebellion. Like, there, there's there's no real pattern. So I, I kind of wanted to mix it up in this one, and I didn't want it to follow the same theme as the other two previous sequel trilogy movies. Uh, but all in all, again, it's, it's, it's a, in that regard, when you look at it like that, like, it's, I didn't want to go all willy-nilly on it you know what i mean like you, you kind of write something whatever relatively quickly if you don't have writer's block which look, luckily last night i didn't there I, I was kind of like having a good time with it like i said and i think another thing to just take into consideration is again this is the last one possibly we don't know if the next trilogies are gonna have crawls and stuff like that hopefully they will but we don't know so I wonder I just, if, like, are you going to read it? Like, do you have to? Hey, I'm explaining this? my process, okay? The <laughs> dynamics. I don't want to repeat stuff. The The timing's different here than TLJ as well, you know? TLJ, in my opinion, was a little easier just because we knew it started right after The Force Awakens. So it's like you have that starting point, kind of. You know where where things are at. So we don't necessarily know where, we, where we're starting with this film. So I thought that was kind of interesting and just... I don't know, my, my process was just kind of like to write down a whole bunch of words that I wanted to incorporate and then slowly build paragraphs and then kind of determine which paragraphs I wanted to start and end with kind of, you know? 
You want to start reading it or? Jesus. The process, Carlos, the process. Anyhow. All right. Yeah. So here we go. Word of Luke Skywalker's sacrifice has spread among the stars and ignited hope for the rebellion's plight. As General Leia's call for help is not gone unanswered amidst the rumors of a new Jedi rising. Yet the First Order's galactic stranglehold broadens under the command of Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, as does his obsession with finding the girl, Rey. As the last Jedi continues her training, she comes to the daunting realization that her fate is destined to embark upon a journey that will forever sway the destiny of the galaxy as the balance lies in their hands. Dot, dot, dot. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like, I like that yours speaks to the finality of it. I liked it too. I win. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and the cool part about it too is I swear to God, the first time I banged this out, it was a hundred words on the dot. And I kind of just liked it. I, feel like, I felt like that was a JJ thing. It's like, it's a hundred words. It's, it's a sign, you know, it's like. You just didn't want to do any more work on it. <laughs> No, like I, I looked at the editing and I was like, where can I edit in that? You know what I mean? Like the, everything really seemed key to me and I, I didn't want to take anything out. And I don't know. hundred. There's always, just there's always like was, ways to edit. Always. Either way, it was assigned to me. I just said, you That's, know what? It's a hundred right off the. F- I, I, anyway, I liked it. I liked your guys too. No, they were good. They think they were really good, actually. Uh, we did get a couple entries. We got one from uh, Snoke's Legs, which is amazing. Legs are now sending us letters. Um, I will read that one. It's obviously Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. The galaxy holds its breath. After a chaotic period of conflict, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren calls for a surprise ceasefire between the First Order and the growing New Rebellion. Ooh. Learning that the sinister Knights of Ren have returned from their secret mission to the Outer Rim, Rebel leader Poe Dameron fears an ambush. A dark shadow looms. Jedi Knight Rey of Jakku tracks a team of rebel negotiators to the neutral planet of Pasana, careful not to spring any trap they may walk into. So, Carlos, looks like you and uh, this pair of legs here might be on the same wavelength as, as where this movie is starting. Nice. Hope no one read any spoilers. <laughs> No way to answer that one, Corey. I, I definitely didn't. We'll find out in 11 days. So if, so if anybody gets it right, you're just going to say you read a spoiler instead of you got well, one. Well, depends. If it gets all the beats, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like if my crawl or any of our crawls is verbatim what ends up happening, for sure we're going to get called out as having some sort of knowledge and yelled at, but it would be the absolute height of, I don't know, I I... I prognostication i don't even know what to say at that point not being spoiled at all and again i wasn't spoiled on the last uh, jedi either but i just felt again we had a little more to go on there and it was a little more easy like this none of ours are going to come well mine personally i feel like it was just more of a creative process for me like i don't i, I don't think this, it's going to come anywhere near to what's going to be on screen you know what i mean but it's going to be better than jj's too <laughs> well t- I, I i just dug up i dug up my episode eight crawl and this is just to give a sense, because Corey, you and I, yours and mine, were fairly close in tone, and we we even had to come up with our own uh, titles. Uh, so my, at the time, mine was uh, Episode Eight: Rise of the First Order, and I wrote the the Republic is in disarray. With the Hosnian system destroyed, the evil First Order is free to impose its will upon the galaxy. 
Obsessed with revenge, the cruel General Hux has dispatched thousands of his best troops to crush the resistance once and for all. As General Leia Organa and her loyal soldiers prepare for the imminent attack, Rey has found Jedi Master Luke Skywalker and is desperate for his help in the battle to restore peace. That's pretty much the start of the movie. That's pretty much the crawl, too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. With it's it, it's, We had a little more to go on there. This whole year time span thing is throwing me off. We don't know. I don't know what's going on, especially at the beginning of the movie. But again, like there's so many things we didn't touch upon, right? I didn't touch upon Palpatine, this ancient secret thing. Uh, Sith troopers, possibly. You could, you could have talked about, uh, like Carlos said, uh, Legion General Price or Pride, sorry. Admiral, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, you could have touched on all these things and you just really got to get a cut. Get a cut it. Yep. Anyway, good job all around, guys. Uh, we do have one more entry here from Knight of the Commonwealth, Sir Grabs. So let's get into Grabs. It's, it, it, nice. Yeah. That's this awesome. This one's got a bit of a different tone to it, but we'll appreciate it because it's Grabs. The resistance was broken. Most of its leaders deceased. They need a gr- <laughs> the need of a great duo is dramatically increased. Lando has come calling. Now that he's has his ship back, for he swindled a heroine into a game of sabak. He's led the resistance, getting the first order to run with the great po- greatest co-pilot of all, the one and only Nian Num. What's left is mop-up duty for Leia, Poe, and Finn as Rey is sent to a broken Death Star for a second date with Kylo Ren. Oh, damn. <laughs> That's amazing. That is awesome. A little bit of a Christmas What does he mean at the beginning? That's that's beautiful grabs. Honestly, man, like I wonder if that just flowed off the tip of his head or if you that's, well, that's amazing. Uh I put the the word out like to everybody to say, you know, any brave souls want to join us in this little exercise and grabs had his in like later that day. As did as did uh Snoke's legs. <laughs> Snoke's legs. <laughs> <laughs> But bravo, fellas. Bravo to you both, man. Like, thank you guys so much for taking part. And the rest of you are cowards. You're absolute <laughs> cowards. <laughs> it's hard. Again, it's not easy. But if you like creativity and stuff like that, like, again, like, I had a lot of fun with it last night. Like, just watching a movie and relaxing on a Saturday evening and just kind of just playing with words, man. I was all about it. Yeah, for sure. That was fun. And uh, who, like you said, Corey, who knows when we'll get a chance to do this again? Yeah, that was a big thing for me too, man. Like I was like there, like just enjoying, like taking my time with it, savoring the moment. Yeah, because we don't even know if they're going to continue with with opening crawls once we get to 2022. Indeed. I hope they do. I hope they keep that spirit of George Lucas thing in the movies, the, the Flash Gordon stuff. We'll see. We will see. Anyway, um, let's move on from there. We got uh, we got a voicemail here from one of our good pals. Rick likes to have a cameo on the show, so let's listen in to Rick. Hey there, my little Canadian geese. It is Rick. It's about two weeks ahead of The Rise of Skywalker. Let's put things into context. I got a couple things I want to bring up, and I got a couple quick questions, okay? So first of all, in the last few weeks, you guys were talking about uh, the Obi-Wan show and whether or not he goes off world and then Corey said something last week about Vader never going back to Tatooine again and uh, hey guess what Vader did go back to Tatooine he had a little chat with Jabba the Hutt at one point in the comic books 
And in Legends, there was a story where Obi-Wan went off-world, he left Tatooine, and the Force Ghost of Qui-Gon Jinn kind of babysat uh, Luke for a short period of time. I don't remember the specifics in the story how old Luke was, but uh, that's one way. If they want to do it in the show, that they could explain Obi-Wan going off-world because he feels comfortable that uh, Force Ghost Uncle Qui-Gon could uh, keep an eye on Luke for a little bit. So there's those two things. Um, a couple of quick questions. Um, first of all, uh, should we expect another Sithmas episode this year? Because I might want to redecorate next September. Guys. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just wondering if you guys are going to be doing that again this year. So that uh, Neil Lowry can win something again. Because, you know, Neil. Um, and uh, as we're approaching <clears throat> the impending finale of the Skywalker saga, like I said, in a, fort, in a short uh, 14 days, uh, I asked you guys this last year too. We've had probably, it seems like, twice the content this year that we had last year. What's been your favorite? There's been so much stuff. You know, I, I can't even count the number of books that we had, but, you know, kind of kicking things off with, uh, I think, Queen Shadow was the first novel we had this year. Master and Apprentice, the Thrawn novel, um, Black Spire, and uh, Crash of Fate, Resistance Reborn, Spark of the Resistance. You know, we've had all of these novels. We've had, you know, the comic books with the main run and Afra and the Age of Resistance and Republic and Rebellion, uh, books that came out throughout the course of the year. I'm sure there was a couple of one shots. We've had Resistance, uh, two se well, season and a half now, basically. Uh, come up, um, you know, the trailers, you know, what's been your top tier moment, just kind of in your Star Wars year, what's been your, you know, your favorite book maybe, what's been your favorite comic, what's been your favorite thing this year. Uh, for myself personally, being at Celebration this year uh, and meeting everybody that I did while I was there is something that I am never ever going to forget. Uh, just being there with a bunch of like-minded psychopaths going nuts at every little piece of content that was being thrown at us uh, from the Clone Wars panel and you know the episode 9 panel which I wasn't there for but um, you know the, the Phantom Menace panel um, all of that stuff that happened and was just incredible for me but if I had to pick a favorite book uh, it's a toss-up you know I really loved Master and Apprentice I really really loved Resistance Reborn, and uh, I, I really enjoyed Black Spire. So those top, those three are in my tops, I think, for the year. Um, so as far as everything else, you know, what have you guys had go on this year in your Star Wars lives, and what content have you consumed that has been, um, you know, that much more special to you? What were your favorites? So um, I'm sure Corey's will be uh, having his little baby Mando because you know that that's the only answer and if he says anything else then I'm sorry you take your dad card away love you Corey so uh, I'll leave you guys to that uh, you may not hear from me between now and until after the movie comes out because I've got bottles of melatonin I'm gonna start chewing on hopefully I can sleep for the next two weeks I've got an alarm set uh, to go see it on the 19th so if you don't hear from me between now and then I'm off in la la land dreaming about uh, all the sweet sweet candies that are inside JJ's mystery box so I will talk to you all soon
and may that force be with you. There goes Rick from Chicago. How you doing, Rick? Thanks for the voicemail, my friend. Um, yeah, Rick and his facts. Gee whiz. <laughs> Buzzkill. You're starting to sound like Kyle over there. <laughs> no, I love it when you send voicemail, but there's always the best, Rick, honestly. You shut your face, Corey. Facts are what? facts. Yeah. So, so factual, too. Like, so <laughs> factual. He's it's remodeling <laughs> next September. <laughs> And that's that I think that's being generous. Yeah. That's being generous. Because Corey won't have my parents to actually send the package. Oh, I was speaking about the whole, oh. speaking about the whole uh, Vader and Tatooine thing. <laughs> yeah, that uh, you know what I, I was I I'm I'm especially I'm glad he mentioned that because I just it was it was worth it just for that. Just to point out how wrong you were. And how and frankly, how I forgot as well. Because absolutely, that did you see, you hear him, Rick? What a dick! <laughs> Vader did He's... visit Jabba. He did go to Tatooine. So how about them? Why did you mention that smart guy? I forgot. <laughs> oh, there's just oh, there's too much convenient. info in here that it just it can't come out on a just when you need it. I bet you it did for Rick. He sent that email as soon as I <laughs> we had said that. But it's true. Also, if you think about it in the sense that. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen personally that he's going to leave the world, but Deborah Chow has mentioned that playing in this bigger universe or galaxy or whatever, you know, so I think the show is not only going to have to necessarily do with Obi-Wan per se, but I kind of want it to. I want it to be that really intimate story, but it seems like there's going to be a bit of a universe or galaxy building at that time. I want. Wah, wah. Give right, me. Spoke. Validate my wants. Wah. <laughs> but also, like uh, Hossein Amini, also who, who's the head writer of the show, he's kind of spoken to the same thing about you know, studying history and uh, sort of unpacking the the political situation in the Star Wars world. So it sounds like he's they're poised to go beyond uh, Tatooine. That, that's what's odd, though. If it's going to be just, I hope it's not just one season. You know what I mean? But it's if it is just this one, it's a, it's a six that's episode it. miniseries. So I don't know if it if it takes oh. Kenobi off Tatooine or if there's like a B plot. I don't know. I, I I don't know, man. I really don't know. But you know, I think one thing that that uh, you know Rick mentioned the other thing about um, you know Kenobi going off world in Legends and and Qui Gon playing babysitter to Luke, like that that I I didn't know that because I I didn't read a lot of Legends in that time, but it almost that almost has like sitcom vibes to it. Like baby Luke hijinks, and then a powerless force ghost trying to corral him. <laughs> That's you know, awesome. You just can't do anything about it. But we, but you know, seriously, like we do know that Lucasfilm does pull from legends from time to time, and I could see them being inspired, sort of, by that situation, in where like, no, no, like where, where Kenobi, on, Kenobi is the call to Kenobi comes in, and he's needed off world, but he doesn't want to leave. He feels like he can't, but uh, Force Ghost, Qui Gon, or just or you know, even even the, the just the voice gives him the nudge to go off world and says, "Luke, I got this." Yeah, something like that. I could, you know, w- w- with Rick mentioning that, I can totally see that and having it work where where Qui Gon goes, uh, I will, I will, uh, I'll look after him. You go. Somehow. <laughs> The force will will care for him, and it'll be the insinuation will be that he'll be the guy to to look out for him. Be mindful of your feelings. 
but I'm gonna go to the Tashi station. Shut your face. Uh, anyway, um, just to get this out of the way, uh, I don't have any plans for a Sithmas special yet. I, I don't know if one will materialize, but uh, I don't know. It, it might happen. It might not. I don't, again, I have no plan, and I have See, no the thing idea. is, I haven't really. Yeah, I have no idea either. Like, usually, I like to to take charge of this thing, but I don't know. I just feel like this year, like we've been, uh, I, I've you been dumped a kid. upon. Yeah, that's fine. That? You can you can leave it there. Say I have a child, a, a newborn at home, and uh, but I've also been dissuaded by your, your negativity, Kyle. Oh yeah, so, please. Have you? No, but, I, 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 passing the buck is just your favorite pastime. Eh, I just, I don't know. There, there's been no, <laughs> let's just say that there's been no encouragement really in, but like you having talked about it, Rick, like gives you a bit of the savor. And to, to me, I think the flavor of the, the Sith Missile has always been a bit of a last minute procrastination kind of deal. There's That's been why one I don't year talk where we actually. It. That's why I didn't stress myself <laughs> with it this year because last, in previous years, me and James were on your ass in like August. Hey, Corey. Sithmas special, no, like it doesn't take not... two seconds. Oh, uh, okay. And then literally, we'd be on your ass until like December twentieth. Can we go? Uh, hey, hey, James, do you think we can get together tonight and uh, record something in person? And then you like dumped it all, James. <laughs> and then last year was like, Carlos is like, ah, fuck, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, but that was decided earlier on. Like, like, like it's straight like up like that. Like, I, I will produce the whole thing, but I, I t- it's from the beginning. I, I don't. I don't edit. I've never edited. And that's the thing with my ideas, man. A lot of my ideas, I, I get a little carried away. And then that, that just means work for Kyle. You know what I mean? So that's where I get kind of dissuaded in the sense that, okay, like, oh, we got to do this little thing. And no, that's editing. That's work. So it's like, uh, like it, it limits your options a bit. It kind of takes the fun out of it, to be honest. <laughs> but, yeah, but you, I, I, like I think we can come ideas, up with something. If, and, and granted, like your ideas are fun, but they are full on audio dramas. And I know I, I ain't got time for that, bitch. Like it's not happening. I know, I know. <laughs> Delusions of grandeur. Pretty much. Like, I, I don't just, know. I, uh, yeah, we, that, that's the... we can come up with something though. I think I think I have I I've been, I was after having listened to the voicemail. I was like, I just, it takes that little spark. You know what I mean? That inspiration to really get that that bit down. I'll just go on the record right now. If there are no plans for this in the next six days, I'm out. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. I don't have the time. If you need somebody to produce, I could I could definitely edit and produce it, but I need to it needs to be done the next six days. All right. I'll have something written by uh no, Wednesday. Wait, wait, no, wait. I'll have it on your desk, sir. By Wednesday. Carlos, Corey needs to be like beyond crystal clear by what you mean. Uh I I, I mean it's it's pretty simple, like it's a, it's a pretty standard show. It's all, all I really re- want to do is write the intro, as per usual. Okay, <laughs> write the intro and set up the recording, and then we'll I'll cobble it together. Are you talking about re- there the re- go. recording needs to be done in the next six days? No, no, no. The idea. Okay. I, I don't want to. I, I can't. I cannot go through last year again. <laughs> no. A seed no. has been planted. No, no, no. We can't. We're not doing that again. Not doing that again. Absolutely. It was not. good though. I'll be honest. Our, I mean, last year's episode was fantastic. They're they're all been fun, man. That's why I was like thinking about it. I'm like, ah, oh, we really should do something. But now that Rick said it, it's gonna be a Christmas miracle, a Sithmas miracle. Oh boy, I'm I'm getting my popcorn out for this. <laughs>
Yeah, get ready. So this time it's gonna be like real time. It's gonna be like an Ocean's Eleven thing where, like, as we're recording, someone's actually gonna be like stealing all your toys so or something. You may be asking yourself now, listening to this, going, "Well, then what is the answer?" Uh, the answer still is there's no plan. There's there's no idea. We're running out of time, and not for nothing. But I have six other podcasts to prepare for and record before the end of this month, including. See the negativity continues. <laughs> That's not negativity. That's core. This that's is what we call a fact. Facts. Well, that's a fact, Jack. Gotta, it's, it's um, you know, I can't invent time. <laughs> I haven't, some I haven't scheduling been... conflicts. Yeah, there's that, and you know, I've got my face buried in show notes most often. Yeah, it's it's you know, it, it needs to be. There has if this is going to happen, there's got to be a plan for it, and that's the only way it will happen. To, to quote my favorite Star Wars character of all time in regards to Corey's plan, Poodle! <laughs> Can I, I, what I'm going to do is I, I think I'm, I'm going to draw the plan out with pictures on a Bristol board. No, I, you know what this, this, you know what's, this is going to be? It's going to be like three sentences shuffled off to us, and that's going to be – he'll say, that's the plan, and we're going to be left to pick up and go, this is not the plan. This is no plan. This is not a plan. This is, this is, this is just an idea. What are we supposed to do with this? And then you know, it's really hard to write for Carlos. You know, oh sure. Last year he's like, "Where's my lines?" (laughs) I said only red M and (laughs) M's. Exactly. (laughs) Really? I'm a diva of all people. No, God, no. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I don't know. The answer remains: I don't know. If something shows up in your inbox, uh, your podcast feed on the 24th or 25th of December, and it says Sithma special, it's a miracle. <laughs> yes. It's a miracle. Say it again. Because like, like, like Carlos, I, like, I am not going to have, I'm not going to, I can't, I don't have time to uh, build off of a bad plan. <laughs> I know exactly where I'm going to begin. <laughs> I ain't going to do it. It's going to be great, Rick. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Ain't gonna happen. You see, Rick? You see? You see what I'm dealing with here? How about you, instead of that, how about you assess what you have dealt with in the past and how it happened? Somehow, despite the the dawdling and the, oh, this is a process. This is my artistic process, man. Don't, you can't rush this. And despite all that dithering, a Sithma special still came out. Yeah, it's true. Oh, I really made that happen. <laughs> more of them delusions, son. <laughs> Lordy. Anyway, um, and then Rick challenged us with our best of Star Wars 2019. Um, so I, and I don't think you guys read much this year, if anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to unpack the, the books with, uh, with Michelle and Marie towards the end of the month. But anything else is on the table here, guys. So, Carlos, for you first, what has been your best best piece of Star Wars content? Oh. Um, I don't know. Like, the anticipation for The Mandalorian was so high with the Disney Plus launch uh, and all that stuff. And... Uh, I'm not saying this to try to carry any favor with uh, anybody in particular, but uh, 
I'm really obsessed with Rebels right now. And I'm I'm in I'm in the middle Ooh. of my Rebels rewatch. Oh no! <laughs> what season are you on? What episode? <laughs> now you've done I'm, it. Now uh, no, you've I'm, done it. I started the Rebels rewatch, and uh, um, I don't know. I'm just uh, I mean, other than Zeb being a douche, I mean, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, I'm just liking it, man. It's just, I'm just happy that I got back into that, and um, thank the uh, maker. Carlos, it's ahead. Say my name, man. It's but it's 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 ahead of man. We're gonna get to Mandalorian, and just I don't know what happened there, but I don't know. My my interest for for Rebels kind of surpassed it. Yes, yes. Wow, look at that. Rebels, Rebels hitting the radar, and that's one of the things that Disney Plus has uh, sort of facilitated. Is you can go back into like back dive into the Star Wars catalog and binge something again, and I think it, it, it's 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 um, I like being able to binge it, like it, it's it's different than having to wait weekly, and that's coming that comes back to the the my issue with the Mandalorian, which we'll get to later. But like, um, yeah, I, I don't know, and it's not because I don't you know. I mean, that's just, this has been my, like, my pleasant surprise as far as Star Wars content. And, and granted, there hasn't been that much uh, of, of the stuff that I actually do devour uh, in 2019. Uh, it's going to be The Rise of Skywalker. I mean, uh, Resistance has been pretty cool, but uh, I, Rise of Skywalker is going to be it. And uh, other than that, um, yeah. Uh, Mandalorian's been good too, but um, that's this is my pleasant surprise, I think. Cool, unexpected answer. I like that, Corey. What's uh, what's been your top of Star Wars 2019? Well, I guess reading wise, um, if you want to put it into a bit of perspective, there, I literally two days ago, like I'm finishing my paternity leave tonight, I gotta go back to work tomorrow for the first time in three weeks, but uh, anyway. That kind of hurts. I want to cry. Um, but, uh, oh God, that really does hurt. <laughs> I do want to cry, honestly. But no, I literally, to put things in perspective, I've, uh, I literally just finished Before the Awakening. If you want to <laughs> kind of weigh things there. It was a good little yaw novel, I guess. But it was fun. Um, I'm, a, I'm kind of up to date on certain comics, but, uh, I guess the things that have really stood out to me this year, like you said, my Mando baby. It's so like a, it's so sweet, man, to bring a little baby home at the same time as we have this little baby Yoda. I feel like it's made me love him a little more. Oh, God. I don't know. It's weird. It's different, yeah. man. It's it's yeah, yeah. different than having my it's first weird. child. I'm telling you, man, like this this it's different than having my first one. So uh, forming the connection with him has been different as well. So I don't know. I got to take it where I can get it. Um, yes, getting the, the the Mandalorian as well. The Black Series figure was pretty big for me, but I think my two sought-after figures this year were really Ezra and Chopper. I just wanted to really make sure that I had those secured, no matter how readily available they were on Amazon or whatever it was. Uh, I just needed to, to have those, and I got them. That made me pretty happy. Um... And like Carlos said, the build-up to the Rise of Skywalker is just something that's 
kind of a bit consuming, you know, like I think that's going to be the, the climax of the year. Aside from the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to go wrong with the Mando in terms of new content, like to this moment as of what we're at, December 8th today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to mention that again. Sorry. <laughs> just my favorite moment this year. Oh, honestly. And again, like watching rebels again has been sweet with my girl. Thank you for that again, Carlos. That you just made my, that was a big one. You just made my night. TikTok, but Corey, watching- TikTok. Okay, watching the Mando with my family for the first time, like I said last week, I had my baby in one arm. I just got him home from the hospital. My son and my other, uh, you know, it was just things seemed very complete. There was balance. Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 definitely a nice thing. Um, yeah, hard to go wrong with Mando. It's been it's been such a such a treat so far. But I feel like there's not a great answer because three for three here. I expect that Rise of Skywalker will be our best of 2019. Um, but failing that, I I think my favorite moment of 2019, which isn't really Star Wars content, it's not the the answer Rick was looking for, but uh, the the trailer from Star Wars Celebration in Chicago, where we first got the title and Palpatine's laugh. I think that was a real high point in in Star Wars 2019. Um, boy, what else? What else is on the list for me? Like, obviously, yeah, Mando for sure. But it's yeah, this is, it's it's been a great year for anticipation. I'll put it that way. With with Disney Plus and all this beyond Star Wars, all, like all the stuff that that has opened up to us, you know, that was a great thing to look forward to. And of course, Rise of Skywalker news. All that stuff. It's been it's been a really exciting year. But yeah, I th- I think uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna just gonna say that the trailer from from Star Wars Celebration Chicago has been my top moment of of 2019. Actually, you know what? I I don't know if I can do that. Hmm. I'm gonna have to go. I might have to say the first episode of Mando, just in the way it played out, with it being like Christmas morning, with the snow on the ground. Like a brand new fresh coat of snow on the ground. And, and waking up and installing those two apps at five in the morning. Yeah, I think I think that'll be it. It's it's, yeah, it's pretty it, good. Those are the two, I think. For sure. Yeah. Even even you know what I had this was beautiful, man. Like my son was born, we were at the hospital for uh, two nights or three nights. Wait, you had you had a kid? <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. I my sister-in-law brought she went home with the laptop from the hospital and downloaded the Mandalorian so I was there at the hospital you know just sitting in my little bed at like 11 at night watching the Mando man it was so cool technology (laughs) all right there you go Rick thanks man that's a great I I I like Rick's cameos on the show they're really good. Yeah, Rick, they've oh, been yeah. great. Yep. It's like when uh, when Matt Damon shows up on SNL or uh... <laughs> oh, Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including zero-dollar monthly premium plans. 
I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. All right. Um, so this is this is where everybody who's steering clear of Mando talk gets off. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, you know, you guys know where to find us on social media at this point. But uh, if you if you're not doing Mando talk, uh, this is the end because we are going to get into a spoiler filled discussion of episode five uh, right about now. So see you next week, everybody. All right. So here we go, guys. Episode five, The Mandalorian. The Gunslinger, which was written and directed by One Day Filoni. Not too bad. But I, I don't know what we'll say in this chat, but like last week when I gave the synopsis for episode five, and I was like, well, I wonder if it'll be like, uh, you know, the rookie bounty hunter figures out who the Mando is, who he is and who he's traveling with and then tries to turn on him. <laughs> that was sort of my my headcanon for this episode. and whoop. There it was. That's exactly what happened in this episode. So that was... But uh, I said it first, right? <laughs> no, you didn't, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You didn't. Off air, maybe. Yeah. Negative. <laughs> but wait, what did you guys think? Uh, Corey, was, how did you like this episode? Or not? Uh, I liked it. I mean, I really liked it. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't want to pander to Star Wars either. There's going to be, I mean, there's certain things about Star Wars I can, I don't want to get into that I'm not always a fan of or don't like and whatever, but this like, show like is what? really like doing it for me. Just kidding. Um, keep going. Keep going. I Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, this show is really, it's hitting those vibes for me. I mean, you guys might, uh, lambaste me for this a bit, but to me, it really does have a lot of feels, a lot of the same tone settings, somewhat, uh, just the same vibe, some somewhat humor of Firefly. Like it, it really does like that, that Western frontier kind of vibe. I like, I liked it a lot. I didn't think it was fan service episode just because we went to Tatooine. That makes perfect sense to me. Uh, first and foremost, that opening scene. I want to ask you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, what we heard is that Mandalorian ship is an actual model and all the, the shots that we're seeing of the ship are filmed of this model and not CGI, right? Who knows? I know it's practical and I know they've done a lot of practical with the ship, but somewhere in there is CGI. Well, we'll say the explosions and whatnot are most likely CGI, stuff like that. But, I mean, it's just doing it for me. If this ship is actually flying a flying model, it's just, I don't know, it, it that is really doing it for me. I, I'm loving that, that that first starfight at the beginning was just awesome. It was short and sweet, but man, was it cool and intense. And why is there not more starfighting on TV and all of entertainment anywhere? Well, <laughs> like, you're right. Though. Like, I, more... I do hope we get, like, that, that space battle made me realize how much I love seeing dogfights in space, and I hope the Mando gives us more of that at some point. 
Yeah, that was a sweet move too, man. Oh, like, I like that. He, I like that he takes a beating in it. You know, uh, it's just um, I just didn't like the cheese line. You know, like uh, or I loved it. That's my line. Like, <laughs> it's so mad though at this point. I don't know. It, it felt so fitting to me because it's true. The guy says his line, man, and that's that is that is cornball Star Wars. Which is a cornball Western samurai weirdo thingy. That's it, and uh, I, I, the 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 darkness of the show and the grittiness of it. I mean, it's kind of still there, but it's still playing on that vibe where I can watch this show with my seven year old. You know what I mean? For the most part, I mean, a lot of people might disagree with me, but I'm letting him watch it. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's I think I think the show walks that line. And that has disappointed some people so far that it's not darker and edgier. The the goofier, the, I mean, there of course there is a line, but to me, this show is, has balanced that edge with with the infusion of Star Wars goofiness, and that's what makes this show unendingly and appetizing for me and loving as well. Yep, for sure. Like the, the whole Baby Yoda thing. But this story in, in and of itself, the gunslinger, it's such a somewhat familiar one. It's another kind of Western trope or even a samurai trope, again, in the sense where the apprentice kind of tries to usurp the master. It's been done over time and time again, and this was just a different telling of it. And I, I, I really liked the episode, man. Like, I don't know. Like, it was nice to be back on Tatooine again, you know, seeing Moss Eisley. Well, yeah, and like that, that episode. I mean, the whole episode was like Corey. You said it was. It's not fan service. I think the whole episode was fan service. Like that whole planet was basically a giant sized Easter egg. Can I just say one thing though? Sure. The Mandalorian, the show, Disney Plus, everything that they're going to be doing as far as Star Wars product going forward will be. It it is fan service. Pretty much, yeah. They're in. They're in the fan service business. That that is completely fair. Like, I think Kevin Smith again, like he he says some pretty smart things sometimes, and he says as soon as you greenlight a sequel, it's fan service. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not like they're on Coruscant. You know what I mean? Like from a storytelling perspective, it does make sense in the sense that they're playing in the outer rim, and this is one yeah, of the core they, planets they could, of they the outer rim. Any, they could have created a new planet for this. You're right. The galaxy is an amazingly huge place, but I, I gather that it's kind of on the last outer arm of the spiral. But he, he, let's just say he was lucky to be there at that time. I'm not going to question it too, too much. No, I don't care that they were there. I, I no. really don't. And, and and I like that they were uh, in the actual cantina and oh. uh, the, the young kid is sitting at the booth where Han kills Greedo. And it's – I love it. I mean that that, that was – did you notice the patrons too at the bar were like primarily droids? Well, the bartender was a droid, and yeah, the, the, the metal. Yeah. The, I guess I call it a metal detector. But in A New Hope, when C three PO and R two walk in, this thing goes off. Yeah, and that's go- that was removed. And yeah, yeah the exactly. Bar is full of droids, so something's gone on there. Yeah, something's changed. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, uh, I I've brought it up. Uh, you know, there, there's there's disdain for droids after. Uh, after the um, the separatists, you know, uh, throughout wonder, the galaxy. So, I wonder if we'll ever get 
any information possibly in oh well it's true we already do <laughs> i guess yeah we've already got i have a chance for my own question but every time the mando says no droids well there's because of his you, childhood you, could, you know yeah you cut to the split screen of the battle droid pointing his gun at him yeah yeah yeah, yeah for sure i think i think that's why he hates droids because they wiped yeah. out his people exactly exactly and uh, that that's that we we see that in episode four uh with the your droids we don't serve their kind like that whole thing and it was yeah like you were saying it was kind of cool to see the droid kind of looked like um the guy who was uh the droid who was like uh signing 3po and and r2 into jabba's palace you know like uh, uh in in uh return of the jedi it was the same type of droid right yeah ev999 yeah you're a feisty one but yeah. soon you'll learn some respect. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's it. he got a new job after Jabba's Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like my son asked me, he's like, is that the same one? I'm like, well, it's the same model, but I don't know if <laughs> it's the same You should have said that. Like, yeah, you got a new job. <laughs> yeah. That, that would be a, a very Star Wars thing. There. That would be an absolutely 100% Star Wars thing where, where that droid realizes that, well, Jabba never came back. I guess I'm out of a job. And he'd go yeah. like, wander after across the After the fall desert. of Jabba's palace, I needed new work. Yeah. <laughs> and now Star Wars fans are complaining because they don't have EV99's backstory after Jedi. <laughs> uh, is that a serious thing? But the fact that you're questioning it because you think it might be real is pathetic. Yes. Sorry. Not, on, not on your part, but the fact that you there's a part of you that says, yeah, I could see Star Wars fans complaining that we don't have that backstory. No, no, I, I, no. I, 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 is it him or is it not? God damn it. I need to know. <laughs> Anyway, so I thought it was cool. I also thought like the pit droids were were freaking awesome. Like to get a little bit of that prequel, oh, yeah, the prequel magic yeah, in there. Nice. I I like that part a lot. The thing that I did not like, and I'm starting to see a theme here. Am I allowed to shit on this on the show? Yeah, yeah, of course. You. Okay, so we had uh, we had uh, who was it? Horatio Sands in the first one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Brian Posen. And Brian Posen. And now uh, Amy Sedaris. And. I have uh, Bobby Moynihan. Did you mention him? There's, Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't mention him, but uh, you're right about that one too. Bobby Moynihan? Did I say. Bo- no. No, sorry. Sorry. Uh, not Bo- the guy who was in the blue mask, Carlos, you mentioned his name. Yeah, 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 Horatio Sands. Yeah, that's it. That's who I, that's who yeah. I was thinking of. Anyways, so uh, there, there's just something about they're going to the well with comedians, right? No, but I don't, I don't mind it. But they're all Chicago people, and they all have a Midwestern accent. It kind of throws me off a lot. And 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 I I like them for who they are, but uh, I understand that you know, like uh, especially Tatooine. Oh yeah, you know, Luke's a farm boy. Like it's it's literally like his his character description, farm boy Luke. But he never had that midwestern farm boy accent, and nobody That's in Star Wars California had that. Wine. <laughs> no, but nobody nobody had that. Uh, on Tatooine you didn't hear that you you heard like either um really like proper uh British 
or uh, just a, a, a stat, standard American accent. There, that... there was there was no like d- distinctive Chicago and thing. And then you, you you see Amy Sedaris, and she's I think she's great in the role, but it, yeah. ju- it just it really throws me off. And I was like, oh man, it t- it took me out of Star Wars. Like that's not a good thing. Uh, yeah, I see what you mean. It was it was all, Beckett sort of suffers from that too a little bit. Uh, in Solo, yeah, yeah, there was something about about Beckett that really. T- but I, I think it was less of his accent and more just um, the the character just was too World War Two. Yeah, like his yeah, just his his demeanor and stuff was just way too. Uh, to World War Two for me, but but I, I still think that's better than what we're getting in this show. Yeah, and I think and part, it, part of it's a product it, of maybe inexperienced directors. Like like the, Filoni's now responsible for uh, Poson and Sedaris and Horatio Sands. I don't know if there's a if there's a reason for that, but those are the episodes he's directed, and they've been part of that cast. Anyway, and, and Bill Burr's next week, so do you think he'll give us the, some of the Boston accent? I hope not. That would be <laughs> that would be a tragic. <laughs> Tell me you won't laugh. Tell me you won't laugh. Yeah, but I'll laugh, but I'll, I won't laugh like... Um, I won't laugh like Star Wars laugh. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, there, there are things in Star Wars that make me laugh all the time. Uh, but but I don't want a Monday morning podcast laugh. Like it's not the same thing. Obviously, no, this is me just being a, this first world problem thing. But like, I I don't know. It's like yeah, okay. The you know the episodes are cool, and I I, I like it because it's it's new Star Wars content. But I don't know. It just felt weird. Yeah, I totally yeah. I I see where you're coming from for sure. You know what's cool though, like. Take for example, uh, Ming Na Wen's character, right? Fennec Shan. Like she, she, I I didn't expect her to to die in this episode. You know what I mean? But maybe that's what it's gonna take. Do you think she's these dead? people? Uh, yeah. No, no, she's not dead. She's not dead. She's definitely not dead. No way. You she's not. She... No way. Oh, I thought I thought the end of the episode made it kind of clear that she was oh, dead. I thought it was the opposite. I thought he was just more concerned about the guy that picked her her fob up was basically more concerned that baby Yoda was alive. Not that she was uh, – to me, she was just completely dead and he just plucked it from her cold, dead hands. Maybe you're right. But yeah. I, to me, it was like – because usually in Star Wars, when you get shot and you die, you die. Like she didn't – drop like a sack of potatoes she kind of laid there sort of in pain but you know she did yeah but you get the impression that this is hours later when yeah, this yeah, guy she's, arrives she's and still he, curled up in the ball and he has no concern over her whatsoever like he just more interested in the mandalorian and the bounty like she's she's done man to my opinion she's total toast so just when when you think of it that way like you said amy sedaris and Maybe it's kind of cool, like uh, Horatio Sands bringing these people in for one episode at a time. They can kind of dull out the budget like that a little more. You know what I mean? Well, if Ming-Na Wen was here for one episode, like what a waste. 
I know that's what I was going to say too. It does seem like a bit of a waste, but you know what I said? Like that, it was still a little bit of a treat. Yeah, I guess I, I want, I want more characters like that and less, and less Chicago running around <laughs> in our, well, that's the thing is that I, what I think about this show is that we're going to get a chance to meet so many different characters upon amongst his travels or his journey. You know what I mean? But it's like only he's eight a nomad season. Like, uh, like what, what, how long is this arc going to go? Don't know. Like, we don't know, but all we know for the moment basically is that they're on the run and they're not settling like, down on one planet. So they're going to be multiple personalities. Like I want more of the client. I want more of Fennec Shand. I want more of uh, these actual Star Wars characters. You smell when you can smell the potential in certain characters, where as as opposed to a a Toro Calican, where it's like, what a goofball! Like, yeah, he's definitely a goofball. Absolutely. So, like, I'm I'm not invested in the character. He's dead. I don't care. Like he can, he can, he's gone. In my mind, you know what I, we'll never you know see what him I again, thought when I first saw him. <laughs> well, who I, did you think? Well, basically, I didn't. I waited like a good person that I am because my son pretty much almost cried the last time. But like, I waited for him to watch the episode when he came back from school after dinner and all that. So you know, I spent my day not watching it, trying to stay offline and. Anyway, I'd seen something about the episode and someone was saying that the, the the Easter egg or the surprise was so good and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, what can it be? And then when I got Tatooine, I'm like, is it Tatooine? I'm like, that could be it. That's pretty goddamn huge, you know? But then when I saw this kid at the table, I'm like, is this the thing? Like, And then I thought maybe it was Dash Rendar at first. Like they just could have referenced it. My name's Dash Dash Rendar. You know, oh, like I God. thought they were gonna do that. And then Mando shoots him dead. Oh, yeah, I don't. Yes. I don't it, it would definitely yeah. not have killed him. I don't think if that was the case. Yeah, for sure. The Legends fans. Ooh. But yeah, like to me, like the episode, like it was this big nostalgic hug, and like everything that has made Tatooine famous over the years, and in no like this is obviously not an, uh, an exhaustive list, but. I alphabetized some of this, but there was Banthas, uh, Beggar's Canyon, the Cantina, Dubacks, Dubacks, yeah, the Docking Bay, which you can see like the big old thirty-five written on the wall, the same way as you see that odd ninety-four written on the wall in New yeah. Hope. Uh, droids of all kinds, uh, Dune Seas, Tuscan Raiders, mention of the High Ground, yeah, and mention was... of No Good to Me Dead, yeah. Like it was for me, it was so like. Be- this was such a self-contained story, as was last week's. Um, like it was just worth it to revisit this locale, even for just a little bit. Like I was, I was surprised. Like when, when uh, you know, the opening scene when they it says uh, Moss Eisley Tower, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, Espa? Uh, yeah, Moss Espa? Uh, was it? I can't remember which one it was, but it, it, whatever. You know, you're you're at Tatooine. I was like, oh my yeah. god, I can't believe this. Like, we're gonna spend an episode on Tatooine. I, I was yeah, so happy, awesome. it, but it made me like in the aftermath. It made me think of the Kenobi series, right? Like, whether we go off world or not, we're going to be spending a lot of time on Tatooine. And like, since you can't you can't turn your head on Tatooine without seeing something that is is deeply embedded, whether it's an R five droid or some type of alien, or even like a moisture evaporator. That's 
Oh, is that an Easter egg? Maybe. So I, I wonder if Kenobi, that series will be dis, like distracted in, in a way because of, by virtue of where we are. And I, you know, I don't want to get into that discussion, but it did send me down that rabbit hole of thought. But yeah, how about the Tuscan Raiders, yeah, man? Like Come the on. Hand, hand signals with with Tuscan Raiders. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. Like that's Filoni straight up, like almost reimagining the people in the sense that they're the indigenous ones, you know? Yeah, that that it was definitely a Filoni thing. Um, but again, it's like similar to the uh, the Jawa thing, like a, a few weeks back. Like it, this was our closest up look at the species since 77 and like here we get some of their culture and their customs and like you know they think they're the locals etc that kind of thing really uh, came out way more than at any other point that was kind of cool the fact that they were actually willing to talk and not just like savage like well, tell them that, yourself well i wonder like i when i watched the episode i thought like did they not just because every time we see sand people, they're straight up attacking all the time and it, they didn't attack. And it's, is that because they even they know not to mess with a Mandalorian? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this one wears a mask, too. Yeah. like I, I wonder if yeah. it was just like, yeah, we can't touch this guy. Let's let's not do that. <laughs> but I'll I like speak that. Speak first. Yeah, I, I like the whole negotiation thing and. Like it was awkward a little bit to see the hand signals, but it made sense. It made sense to me. Yeah, and, for sure. and you could you could tell that they 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 know that he's a Mandalorian, and they're like they're not willing to mess with him. Exactly, because he would I, torch them all. Yeah, I love his attitude too. That that's what these episodes are also about. Is you know, if we're gonna have a season two and whatnot, you can't just where he's on a journey, you know, and we're five episodes in like we're establishing characters still you know what i mean so just having him say things like like when the what's his name toro calican i believe mm-hmm. he he's like oh they're like what binox i think those are brand new binox and he's like yep they were <laughs> <laughs> that was funny like it's so good yeah it's so good and he's, he says Something something else along those lines as well, like just following that theme and oh, perfect. The, the the big even bigger laugh was, uh, "Are you okay, man?" Yeah, yeah, I got uh, I got shot. They hit me in the best car, and from that that range, like, whatever, whatever. Oh, yeah, the best car held up. Oh, I'm not wearing best car. Nope. No, yeah, that's it. That was that was great. Yeah, that was actually really funny. The CG was really good too. The speeder bikes. I was. It was nice to see speeder bikes again, like riding around live action. Yeah, they look great. Yep, yep. They look like a lot of fun. I want one. There were a couple of <laughs> shots when they were like some some of these shots when they were crossing through the desert. Specifically, when you when you're kind of the camera's kind of facing them both from like almost like a worm's view. Like the background did look like it was like imposed in the background. It looked a little bit fake. But otherwise, like, still well, well worth it. Uh, so one of the things I thought was really great about the episode is the way that they reveal the name of the planet from the opening arc, Navarro. Yeah. And just mm-hmm. the way that, that uh, Fennec Shan just sort of like slides that into conversation. And then your brain starts to work and go, oh, wait, she's she's talking about the man, what the, the Mando did with Baby Yoda in the first arc. 
that planet is called Navarro. Got it. So it, it gave us this uh, this payoff in our brains that if the, if there had been this caption or if they had just straight up told us we're on the planet Navarro, that moment is in, in this episode is. And it, you matter. almost get the impression that it's it's even further remote. Like you get that from the sense of it looks more desolate than tattooing itself from him walking into the bar in the opening scene. You get to that planet is an absolute like dump. Well, no, not that planet, not that planet. Um, oh, that's true. That's true. You see, that's where he's getting his bounty. Yeah. Well, either way, you you get him by saying that, like, because now we know, like, the guild doesn't operate at Moss Eisley at, anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it used to be like operated out of that facility, but now it's probably moved even further back into the outer outer rim. Mm-hmm. Well, and going back to Fennec Shand for a second, like when when he opens up the uh, the bounty puck and we see her face, and Mando's like, "Yeah, good luck. She's an elite assassin. Uh, I'm not touching her." <laughs> that that's when you learn how dangerous she is. It's like, "Good luck, buddy." But even the Mando, you get the the just the impression that he just not that he only not only does he know what he's doing, he knows what he's up against in the sense that. He knows he might not necessarily live. Like he's definitely not a perfect character by any means. And him telling the kid, like when he's got those, was it a flash bulb? They got the flash bulbs and something else. And he's like, so we've got flash bulbs and speed. That's those are our. That's our chance. And he's like, that's what you got. And he's like, this is what you signed up for. You know what I mean? Like he knows. Like I, I don't know. I just like that about his character. Mm-hmm. but who did you thought like in the trailers one of the later trailers we saw fennec shand and she goes oh, your name will be legendary yeah of course you raise, think you're he, she's speaking to the mando yeah raise your hand if you thought she was talking to somebody else like we had no idea about toro calican at that point and how about that's that, it like that, i he, saw it going down that 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 uh, rabbit hole right away when she once he allowed her to kind of start talking to her, I'm like, oh, I get it now. You know what I mean? Where we're going with this? It's a bit predictable again, but it's just a, uh, I don't know. They're telling these contained stories, but they're so well done. This is part of the thing that I was I was going to talk about. How I'm a little disappointed, uh, but there's a redeeming character. Uh, or a redeeming quality to this is that eventually I can go back and binge it all. Yes. It's tough. I'm finding it tough. um, Week to week to, to really get into it. The the recap helps. (laughs) No, the recap kind of, no, I I don't, I don't find it helps at all. I, I'm just um, like the, uh, this morning, I I was I watched uh, three, four, and five with uh, with my boys uh, on uh, on a big TV, and I enjoyed it more being able to watch successive episodes in a row. I don't like waiting for the the next episode week to week, and that was probably part of my my disdain not disdain, but like. Uh, my reluctance a little bit to to really uh, dive headfirst into Rebels. Wah. Uh, and uh, yeah, absolutely. No, but that, that that I mean, it's completely that. But going back and being able to 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 binge Rebels now, 
uh, at my leisure, uh, not having to get uh, Disney XD or anything like that and just be able to watch it at my own pace, it makes it more enjoyable to me. So I think that when season one is done, I'll be able to watch it all in one day and I'll probably enjoy it more than I am week to week right now. What I'm enjoying about the week to week is exactly this. It's that we get to sit down and talk about one episode at a time. Because if yeah. if if all eight were out at once, it would just like it would be that thing we spoke about when we said should they bin should they allow us to binge or should they dole it out? It would be a race. Like we all got to cram it in, and then we got to do a spe- like we, we got to talk about it all. Or how are we going to do this? Are we going to do like one episode at a time? Or are we going to condense the whole episode or the whole season down into one? special podcast like it i I like it in that we are being sort of forced to anticipate which has been a theme for 2019 the anticipation um i think we talked about that when when we were talking about like do we want it weekly or do we want to binge i i think i said right away i wanted them all i want Mm -hmm. i wanted to be i wanted to be able to binge it's just it's just my style it's just it's it's what i like it's what i like to do for sure like when it's anything else i want the option to binge it like when i watch stranger things i thank the maker that it's all there for me to just go at it three episodes in a row if i need to yeah no no no, totally but i mean i understand why they do it this way also and it's like they want to keep people invested in in the actual channel and uh in the, the service oh, i mean a business standpoint there was no other way to go i don't think yeah yeah so i i understand that but it's um yeah i i i don't know uh just uh if you you want to do a, a mandalorian recap episode to episode nobody's stopping you from doing that as in a podcast like you don't i think by by having it week to week you're kind of forced every week to talk about the new episode whereas uh, if what the hell was that? Oh my something? god! Yeah, Siri was answering me <laughs> when I talked about when I was talking about podcasts. Um, <laughs> no, if I, no, I'm just saying if if th- I think this way we're forced to talk about the episode because it's it's um uh what's the word I'm looking for? It's current, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas if it's just binged, then you could sit down and say, okay, well, here's our uh, Mandalorian, uh, you know, episode one, and you could do it at your own leisure. I think, you know, there, there's options for both, but I mean, this is the world we're in right now. So um, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to look forward to to go back and, and watch it all from, because, because the thing is, I'm actually interested, like, yeah, the backdrops are cool, but I want to know more about him. And we're not getting a lot about him. And there's not only yet. three episodes left in the first season. So, like I, I asked the question before, do they have a three episode, uh, a three season arc planned? A five season arc planned? Is Pedro Pascal locked in for a certain number of years? Is he ever going to take his mask off? And and if he doesn't, then they could probably replace him with someone else. Uh, side note: I don't like his walk. I, I there's something about his walk that really irritates me. That's just me. It's a, it's um, a cowboy strut. You know who? You know who doubles for him? You'll never believe this. That's not a cowboy strut at all. It's John Wayne's grandson. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's not a cowboy strut. Sorry. 
That, look, that looks more like the barber in a in a in a, in a Western town strut. <laughs> Are we? This is what we're doing now. Yeah. This is it. This is what we're doing. It's anyway, badass no, to me, man. It, no, it's, no, it's, a cock, walk- it's a cocksure strut. You know, you don't want to mess with someone walking around like that. Uh, sure. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> All right, Anyways, I'm, I'll just want to. I just want to make it clear right now. I do not hate the show. I like the show. I, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I just want more actual character development, as opposed to, oh, look at this planet. Look at this planet. Hey, look, here's a comedian from Elf, and you know who worked with John Favreau in Elf. We, we, want, we want to know more about his personality, but what we've got so far is that like he's this like f- torn child, you know, like he's coming to terms kind of still with who he is and what he's done to his people. Really, Yoda thing, man, throws everything off. It it it, it makes his character imbalanced. I don't know. Like, I, I want to know what what's his motivation. What is what is his motivation besides taking care of younglings? Like, it, does he have a life debt to? To somebody that like I want more about him. It's the Mandalorian. It's about. The, the, I think it's right. about their culture, their society. We need more answers for, about what Absolutely. happened. And I think there was a purpose to this episode, having it be like this, this sort of like lob ball of fan service Easter eggs and and, and just that, like I said, that big nostalgic hug. Because I think it's about to get real on this show. Like, I, I hope think, so. I think True. business is about That's to it, pick up. Yeah, what once once something bad happens to Baby Yoda, y'all gonna know about it. <laughs> oh, they're not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, something gonna bad's him... gonna happen. He's gonna be stolen. He is gonna be without the Mandalorian at one point again, guaranteed. Maybe that's how the season ends, where he's Baby Yoda's been stolen, and we have to wait until season two for Mando to go on that another rescue mission. Don't do that to us, Disney. <laughs> You, I can easily see that happening for sure. Yep, me too, for sure. That, that's that's the thing about this show is that Baby Yoda, you do something to him, like oh my god. That, that, no, they're not. They are not going to kill that creature. No, but even if they insinuate or leave you in the position to believe that maybe you'd be like, no, please God, no, give me the merchandise. <laughs> Somebody already made a baby Yoda Lego mock, and it looks great. <laughs> of course they did. The merch is coming. The merch is coming. Some of it looks terrible. Like it looks like it was just created on Redbubble and just thrown online. Like some of the stuff is it's appalling. That stuff that I Star bet Wars you has put anything, out there. I've seen so many links out there, but like here you don't see a picture, but it's like and it's like disclaimer, like may not look exactly like whatever you know. I bet you it's just regular Yoda. <laughs> they just painted his eyes black. They did something, I guess, different, but I don't know. Anyway, the... who do you guys, that mysterious figure at the end of the episode? Like, that's the gunslinger, right? That that was the sense Ooh, I got in watching the episode a... when I thought about, like, well, who was the gunslinger? Because Mando didn't sling a lot of guns. Sure he did. Not any more than usual. Neither the guy at the end, you saw only his knees. I think he's going to be, a, yeah, but you're introducing this guy who's going to be a gunslinger. That's what I think that, I think that's who the gunslinger is. Somebody's saying it's Boba Fett because of the spurs. 
Yeah, Nathan was saying that in the group, which yeah. I didn't make the connection, but I, I never doubt Nathan's instincts when it comes to Star Wars. It could very well be that. Um, I thought it was Giancarlo Esposito's character. That is that's another interesting call because we haven't. I, seen I thought it, it was like the like the Empire getting more hot on their trail again, like sending their remaining finest on the Sp- job. Uh, Spurs are a hell of a choice though for an M- Imperial guy. Hey that's, man, that's an odd mashup there. You know, he he wants to define himself as he seems to be a more prominent figure amongst the the remaining empire or whatever you want to call it at this point. But someone heavy is looking for him. I, I didn't necessarily think it was a bounty hunter. I kind of did, like you said, the Spurs, and he, the character does look a little gritty, like looked like he was wearing a cape that seemed a little worn, but kind of indicated that maybe he's not of that. But the, again, the empire is not really high class anymore. You know what I mean? Like this guy could be pretty hands-on. So that would be my guess, anyhow. Well, the, the the only pushback I offer on it being Moff Gideon, like if he's still sort of like an imperial loyalist, what's he doing on Tatooine? Like we saw the way that stormtrooper heads were on pikes. Like it's just seems I don't know what happened on Tatooine to you know because the Empire never really had much of a presence there beyond a New Hope, but yet stormtrooper heads all over the place. Like what happened? I there? like that. I I actually like that. That's um. The one part of the episode that was like, hmm, something happened here. And like that, then you get to the, the droid behind the bar and it's like, ooh, things uh, things are topsy-turvy here. Huh? Yeah, things have definitely changed on Tatooine and, and things have happened here that we don't necessarily know about. And, and Star Wars fans are angry that uh, there's no backstory to that. Yet. Relax. <laughs> yeah, come on. That's it. It's been five Jesus. years since the event of Jedi. Like, Guys, the government's been I made overthrown. That up. I made things that are up. Changing. I made that up. No. You're angry, Kyle. They're all, they're all crazy people. And the fact that you that you know in your mind that Star Wars fans are probably mad that there's no backstory. Jeez, uh, I know, but I made that. I completely made that up. Although there probably is somebody who's angry that there's no it's backstory. Coming. It's coming. Of course, it's it is. coming. But wait, it's it's only Sunday night, Monday morning. It's gonna come. <laughs> I'm only ruined Star Wars. <laughs> I'm. I am hoping. I. I know it's a long shot, but I'm hoping that that is Cad Bane. That the, the outfit kind of matches. Oh, oh, dude, imagine. I'd lose it. Oh. I would lose. It. I just the only and the only reason I don't go all in with Cad Bane is because it's probably too much from a budget standpoint to get it to get that done. That's the only thing that holds me back from saying they're they're doing Cad Bane. Depends how much you need him in an episode, you know what I mean? Like, like this character, from what I gather from, I don't know, just knowing television and movies, it's like this guy's gonna be sticking around for a few episodes. Yeah, with that like, kind of with that kind of tease at the end, this is not gonna be a guy who's killed halfway through episode six. Exactly. Like he's hot on their trail and he's not to be trifled with. Hey, maybe it's Bill Burr. Hey, it, hey, that's a good call too, man. And I'm still if like I swear if if his name is Meundies, <laughs> I, I I swear to I I will not whatever happens in Rise of Skywalker outside of Chewie's death, I will be fine with it. I will not complain if they give me Meundies as Bill Burr's name. <laughs> of course, I think that would be one of the greatest <laughs> things ever. <laughs> or his name is Zip, and he's a recruiter. Oh jeez, stop! <laughs> stop! <laughs> 
Oh, that would be unbelievable. <clears throat> anyway, like I thought it was a good episode. Like again, heavy on the fan service, and it didn't really push the overall story forward much at all. But I think it's it's it's, it's set up some some players for the final three episodes. But like I think the biggest thing we take out of the episode is that, like the Mando, like what the Mando did on Navarro, like that word of that is everywhere now. And I think that's going to be a big problem for him. Yeah, that's it. That's a, next that's three. a that's a big takeaway from this. And again, this character at the end is a big indication of that. Yeah, for sure. And the, the episode in and of itself, again, it's just like people said fluff and this and that. But first of all, it was just good storytelling. And again, it's it's a story that's been told many different ways. Well, most and of these episodes done. are like. Yeah, it's that's been a, a very true like show it. with a different skin. And that it's been cool. It's been really, really cool. I don't know how much longer it can do this before it starts to become its own thing. That's true too. And get to yep. it. And I, I I think we're about to get to it. Yep. I agree. Anyway, any uh any loose threads or any loose thoughts you guys want to pick up on? I'm done. I think we hit on quite a bit there. Well, the, the only thing that's left swimming, swimming in my head is uh, we're watching the Mando like make these enemies. And I, I don't know if you consider Fennec Shand like a, a, an adversary of the Mando at this point. But let's say that she's sort of not in his good books at this point. She's dead. Maybe, or maybe <laughs> she's dead. But it seems like there's you – know, you have Grief Karga, IG-11, the Bounty Hunter Guild, uh, the Client. And so all these people maybe lining up against the Mando. But he's got these allies too. He's got he's got uh, the Regal Pigman, uh, Cara Dune. The Mandos. He's got his Mando buddies. He's got uh, the villagers oh, from that I previous episode, from... including Omera. So I, I wonder if this is all sort of you know, building out the factions and the world around the Mando, and if if could we you know could we be building up to like again to use this thing like an Avengers style ending to season one or somewhere in season two where you have uh all the characters yeah like at, at some point or you know forgetting ig11 or, or cargo for a sec because i i think eventually they will end up being good but can you imagine where there's a team of mando and, and cardoon uh, throw fennec shand in there if she's still alive ig11 and karga ver- as a group versus what's left of the empire versus the guild you know i i think that could be a thing that happens. I think slowly they're putting these pieces in place uh, for, for this to turn into a bit of a team show, even though it's called The Mandalorian. I hope she doesn't turn, turn on him, Cara because I've read feature episode synopsises or whatever, and one of them was like a, an old friend kind of turns on him or whatever, which is, again, another trope. But I just really her hope it's not her in the sense that, you know, like she seemed like such a genuine character. I hope she doesn't like turn for the money, you know, or whatever it is. I don't know. Like, well, the the synopsis for episode six: uh, the Mandalorian joins a crew of mercenaries on a dangerous mission. And I don't have a, pre- <laughs> I can't really look into the tea leaves of that one and say, well, th- this is going to happen. I don't know. I d- I just hope the Mando doesn't put Baby Yoda in harm's way again like 
you know what I mean? Like it's it's all it, somehow it always comes back to like this bad parenting move, even though he's not. Yeah, a parent. It's, it's like, look, there's some jerky and some uh, juice in the uh, glove box. <laughs> Help yourself. I'm going out all night. <laughs> like, whether if he takes the kid with him, it's it's a bad if it's it's a bad call. If he leaves the kid in the ship, it's a bad call. You know what I mean? It's the, Obi- it's the Obi-Wan and Luke thing all over again. I I, I can't that's, handle it anymore. That's, there you go. <laughs> he, he needs a two-for-one, like a babysitting mechanic, like in this episode, almost every episode. That's actually a good parallel. I like that. So that's episode six. That's coming next Friday. Uh, but interestingly, episode seven is going to have an, a preview for Rise of Skywalker with it. Yeah. And who knows what that's going to include? I don't know if we'll get, if we'll get really? a scene out of that. Yeah. I'm here about that. Yeah, there's going to be a scene or I don't a featurette, something. It might be cool, but – or maybe it'll be – I think there's um on the 14th of December, so this coming Saturday, I want to say, there's some sort of Rise of Skywalker scene being played within Fortnite. Make of, make that of, Make of that what you will. I don't know how that will play out. Maybe that ends up being the scene that they also attach as a preview to uh, with episode seven. I don't know. I don't know. But the the synopsis for uh, chapter seven, an old rival extends an invitation for the Mandalorian to make peace. That's Grief Cargo. It sounds a lot like Grief Cargo or the client. Here's a way Mm. to fix this. Or IG-11. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be pretty cool. And even even episode eight is the Mandalorian comes face to face with an unexpected enemy. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, that one is uh, completely... Yeah, unexpected. That's where it kind of got me. I was like, oh, don't be Cara Dune. <laughs> no, I don't think so. All right, guys. That is it for episode... Uh, the episode... F- Two episodes before Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's getting, we're getting close. We're getting real close. Um, that's it. We're done. That's going to do it. So, milestone episode, man. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> Just another one in the books. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys out there want to be a part of the podcast, send us your questions. Tumblingsaber at gmail.com like Rick did this week or like uh, Snoke's Legs and Grabs did this week as part of our <laughs> Rise of Skywalker crawls. <laughs> High fives all around, guys. Uh, if you want to help us out, you can share this podcast with your friends out there on social media or or the protein version of your friends. Let them know that we are we're doing Star Wars podcast. We've been doing it for a while. Maybe maybe we're decent at this at this point. Uh, you can also leave us a review, or or if you're feeling really crazy, you can come support us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/TumblingSaber. You'll get Early access to this podcast, it comes out a day before it shows up on the main feed, which isn't much, but you also lose the annoying ads. You don't want to listen to ads. I don't want to. So maybe you want to get this early. You can do that on Patreon, as well as uh, Sith Disturbers and Worthy of Recognition and Cannon Fodder and anything else we do. You'll get it all at Patreon and become a powerful friend. And uh, yeah, we, we would really love to have you there. Shout out to Rob Wade. For endorsing this episode as part of the E14 endorsed program, which you could learn more about at emotionally14.com. Go check that out, and something really cool will be hitting their feed soon. 
<laughs> keep your eyes open for that as uh, Matt Salvatore is going to earn his stripes. And I'll say no more about that. <laughs> uh, be sure to check that out at emotionally14.com. Go check it out. And be sure to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, which you can learn more about at our home base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on Apple Podcasts as an as a podcast provider. We've got eight great podcasts. Everybody's starting to get real excited about Rise of Skywalker, so go check us out. And guys, with all that out of the way, Carlos, social media, where are you at? I am at the funny Carlos on Twitter and Instagram, uh, or at C Candido Music. You can follow uh, me on Facebook at Carlos Candido Music, and go to my website carloscandidomusic.com. Awesome, Corey. Well, guys, I want you all to be excellent to each other, and also you just got to remember, man. Everybody's got to remember. The pre-end of Saga Days, so we got to be thankful for, share, accept, understand, cherish, love, joy, and not take for granted this short amount of time that we have left together in a pre-Saga ending era. But uh, other than that, hook me at Chop Rules with a Z on Twitter. And you know where you can find us on our closed Facebook group where it's all safe, comfy, cozy. That's it. That's it. All right. <laughs> you can find me at Tumbling Saber on Instagram and on Twitter. And like Corey mentioned, in our closed Facebook group, come check us out there. We're it's getting real busy in there. We're talking Star Wars all the time. Come, uh, come be one of the group. And that's going to do it, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you later this week with another episode of Luminous Beings for our powerful friends. And uh, everybody else, we will catch up with you next week in another episode right before... Rise of Skywalker comes out. We're going to get our jitters out. We're going to talk maybe some more predictions, what we expect to see, how we hope this all plays out. Uh, So we'll talk to you guys then. Thank you guys for listening, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your place Willing me through my dreams Fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting not relive this dream over and over and over
Please don't. 